0: All the teachers, time to teach a new way Maybe then they listen to what you have to say Cause they're the ones who's coming up and the world is in their hands When you teach the children, teach them the very best you can Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Teacher's Cup of Coffee Hope everybody's doing well getting through the tough month of March, never easy Always helps if St. Paddy's Day is fun for you, uh, but this is clearly one of the tougher months of the school year, if not the toughest. So we hope it's going well for all of you out there, and we're psyched to have you back here. And we're equally excited to have a great guest today. is a good friend of mine. His name is Pete Gillen. He's the principal of West Springfield Middle School in West Springfield, Massachusetts. Pete, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Excited. And I hope, uh, hope everybody's having a good March as well. Uh, so we're here with Pete today because we want to talk about EL, we want to talk about English Language Learners and we've never really addressed this topic on the pod so it's a new one and we just sort of want to learn from someone who's sort of out there at you know at a school that's on the front line. So Pete, could you start by telling us, uh, just tell us about your school in general, what, what's, how big is it, tell us a little bit about the demographics.
1: We've got a, we've got a great school, great staff, around uh, 900 to 940 students depending on the day. Uh, about 18% EL students, and uh, those they, they're wonderful kids that run the range of all countries that you could think of. Lately, we've seen a big influx from uh, the regions around Nepal, some Arabic countries, and historically in, in our region, of Western Mass, we had seen a, a large group of folks from the Eastern European blocks of countries, but that's sort of shifted over time. Um, we, uh, we've got over 30 native languages that are spoken in our building, and that includes various dialects. So you might wonder, oh, how do you have 30 languages? But when you think about all the different regions and all the different sort of vernacular that comes from those different regions, even within our own country and expand that globally, that's how we hit that, that 30 languages. We've got uh, three EL teachers that teach in our building and, um, and one uh, teacher that works just with EL students in terms of their math work. Um, and we group our kids as beginners, intermediates, and advanced, and then different teams of teachers work with those kids to help get them up and running and uh, and acclimated to a pretty difficult language to learn, the English language. So it's a great place, but we got a, we got a lot of work in front of us. All right, so 18% EL
0: mm-hmm. and about 30 different dialects or, or languages spoken, which is pretty amazing. Um, I was principal of the school for a little while that we were 38% EL but basically all 38 uh, spoke Spanish and were for, from Puerto Rico, so I I'd always, I'd always kind of marvel at, we, we say EL as if it's this one thing and just think about our two schools mm-hmm. and how, how much we both have had to focus on that in those, in those places, but how different they are. Um, so you know you listen so the thing on the teacher's cup of coffee is i like to try and get down to the nitty-gritty right mm-hmm. the takeaways for teachers so i sort of see three big questions we're going to go in order but i i, I look at el as how do we support them in learning how do we support them sort of social emotionally and then how do we celebrate their culture mm-hmm. right and i'll be honest when i was principal of the school that was that had the 38 percent. I only thought about the learning part and in hindsight I think I was missing the boat a bit. But let's start with the learning. Um, what do you think is most important as you and as your teachers try to support the EL students just in learning in general?
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's important to remember that in a lot of cases these students aren't coming to us starting from zero. You know if you take that constructivist approach those students do have a base of knowledge and often grade-level appropriate and perhaps even advanced that the roadblock for them is learning a difficult language. The roadblock isn't that they don't know how to learn, they don't have any base of knowledge, is that they need to figure out a way to put what they know into new words. And so if we can understand their learning from that point, that it's not from zero, that it's not a deficit model, that it's just a language challenge, that I think it helps teachers and it helps students because it gives you a base to work with um, and, and really get into, all right, let's help them use what they know and tackle that language. And in some cases, it may not be, uh, you know, an academic piece that they construct upon, but their world view and their world experience is so advanced and so uh, deep that there's a lot you can build on there and connect with the language. So uh, that's our, our biggest uh, challenge is bringing the language to life for them. But our strategy in learning is to use what they know, construct upon what they know, and help them make the connections faster because um, they know a lot. They're intelligent, capable, smart students. Um, it's our challenge and our job to help them get to the language part, um, not their responsibility to prove something to us.
0: Yeah, it's great. That's a great, great way to look at it. Um, how about the sort of social-emotional piece? I mean, every kid walks in with different things coming in their backpack, quote-unquote. Uh And certainly walking into a place where you're learning in your second language, that's a big thing to carry in in your backpack. So how do your teachers, how does your school building,
1: uh, what's the vibe? How do they do that? Yeah, our staff is tremendous. Um, And they're really good at that because uh, our EL teachers and our entire teaching staff in general really understand that it's an individual approach. But kids, there is no blanket one way that every EL student is going to feel when they come to a new school, that everybody's coming from a really different background in the same way that any new student from any school moving would. So some students like to stand out. They like to, be, they like to demand your attention. Some like to try to blend. Um, and so we try to respect that and work with them individually and personally um, and get to know them in the same way we would if you had any other new student. Um, It's tricky because our our teachers are really sensitive to navigating some of the cultural differences and navigating the language difference, but they they boil it down to what does the student individually need to feel safe and comfortable and welcome, and that's the place that we try to start because if you can knock out safe and comfortable and welcome, you've done a world of good for that student and you're going to be fine in terms of the academic piece. It's getting them to trust you and getting them to trust that this new, big, scary environment with all kinds of kids is a safe one for them. So that, that takes a little bit of time and we try to respect that difference of process for each kid. I think the mistake would be to have a, a uniform policy or a uniform program that every kind of student from every kind of culture would be forced to um, acclimate to when it's really us acclimating to the individual needs of the student. I think when uh, when our teachers take that approach they see incredible successes.
0: Yeah and successes that's a good that's a good segue because the, the next question I want to ask is about celebrating their culture, right? Mm-hmm. So I've never done a good job in, in, as a teacher or as an administrator in leading consistent celebrations of the different cultures in any school that I've been a part of. Um, but I do see that as a big part of really wrapping our arms around all the different students we have. So have you had any success in celebrating the different cultures? I mean, you've got 30 different languages, so talk about mm-hmm. different cultures. Uh, that's the true melting pot. Uh, have you had any success,
1: or do you have any plans moving forward in that way? It's definitely the the next step in the area of growth for us. We've, uh, we've certainly had successes, but I think where, where our successes lie have been in that safe, welcome, comfortable, individual environment. And where we need to go is instead of... Um, just accepting that and leaving that as the end-all is then move on to celebrate you know the culture um, more than just celebrate that the student has fit in with us or the student has met our expectation we've we've got a lot to learn and I think that that's part of what that celebration is is you know we talk a lot about cultural competency and that's a nice little buzzword but what it really means is um, that we as, as native you know, to, uh, to Massachusetts understand that the world is bigger than us and that our own experience isn't the only experience or isn't the, the right experience. It's just one experience. And so I think the best way that we can celebrate um, those other cultures is by taking a genuine and honest interest in that other culture and Try to work with the student in terms of what can you teach me? Show me what your world is like, because and, and really mean it when we do that. Because kids are kids, no matter where they come from, they can pick up on w- whether you're genuine or not. Um, and if you're genuinely interested and invested in learning about that student, no matter where they came from, they're going to build that trust and that relationship that's so important for um, for them to learn and grow. So I think we can we can certainly improve in terms of the, the technical term of celebration, but I think that that's our big success is you know celebrating them individually and and our teachers have a real genuine and warm desire to learn from those students Uh, and that's what makes our our school that's one of the things that makes our school really special
0: yeah and that's the best right like when you can say as an administrator that hey the the thing we definitely have going well is the individual Mm -hmm. student to teacher relationships because you and I are blessed Mm -hmm. being in the places where we we are where those are so strong Mm -hmm. because For a lot of schools, that's the first step, is just getting teachers and students to get along and love each other and accept each other for who each other are. Uh, So that's great. That's Mm -hmm. great. All right. I got two quick ones to to end off here. I think most people can answer this anyways, but I just want to hear it. What's frustrating for teachers? What's challenging
1: for teachers in the world of VL? Man, that's an easy one. It's you know everything that we just talked about is is right and appropriate. The hard part is then you you lay on top of it that the state says to you they got they got to pass the same test and they got to learn the same material and they got to same that demonstrate that same knowledge and they got to do it in a real quick fashion. So I think teachers feel frustrated that they they really want to go to a language based approach and they really want to uh, build those relationships and and use that constructivist approach, but. Uh, but the pace that's put upon them to implement and deliver curriculum makes it really tricky to juggle and balance that. And plus it's hard to, when you've you you know when you've got a, any kind of classroom, it's hard as a teacher to give every single kid what they need, background regardless. Um, so that's always tricky, is I've got all these kids and all these different personalities, how do I to make sure everybody's getting what they need at the same time, and I only got 40 minutes and I haven't used the bathroom and all that, that it's hard for teachers. The practical part of that is hard, um, coupled with the curriculum, that's that is the struggle and I think that's gonna be the struggle for a long time to come
0: I agree I agree well said and lastly you're interviewing for an EL teacher just hypothetical mm-hmm. I know you mm-hmm. have good ones uh, I do we're always looking for teachers that roll up their sleeves and have mm-hmm. certain skills uh, obviously you want someone with the right background what are the other quick traits or characteristics you're looking for
1: I, Like, I, I want to I want an EL teacher that really wants to learn from the kid I want an EL teacher that's warm and empathetic and kind and when a student walks in the door, says, "I'm glad you are here," and they mean it, and I've got those things, and and all of my teachers at, at the school where I work, um, but that's one of the things that we really look for because uh, if if our teacher if the teacher doesn't build trust and doesn't make the student know that they're welcome then everything else that we're trying to do isn't going to happen. So that's the biggest thing that I look for, and it's so important for an EL teacher. It's important for all teachers, but it's so important for an EL teacher. It's the first thing that I look for is can you build those inroads, and that the first inroad that exists is a genuine smile. You can't fake that, and if you don't have it, the kids are going to pick up on it. So it's that, that warm and welcoming attitude and, and demeanor that, that is so essential for us. You know, it's,
0: it's, it's like so many other things in education where – It's all the same, Mm -hmm. but it's also different, and certainly what you're dealing with uh, as you lead teachers and as those teachers, more importantly, lead students through Mm -hmm. all this. uh, Awesome to hear all this. So here goes my recap. I could never recap everything you just said, but here are the highlights that I... I think we should most focus on. Um, We need to make sure we celebrate who these students are. You know, we don't want to just celebrate that they're fitting in. We want to fit into them and celebrate who they are and what their culture is. We can't come from the deficit model. It's not about what they can do. These students are very bright and they have a strong base of knowledge. They have a strong base of skills and it's just the language. Mm-hmm. So it's so easy to come from a deficit model when it's it's not that at all. It's just a language mm-hmm. thing. The smartest person that's only English speaking would move to China and come across as if they don't have skills and instead mm-hmm. it's we got to remember that. So I think that's a good mentality. Um, we need to use what they these students know to make connections. I like how you said that. We need to listen to them, and then make connections based off what they do know. Obviously, and I totally agree, we need to take an individual approach to supporting these students. Nothing is more important than individual relationships in a building, and that's that's definitely true with these students. And I love what you just said, teachers should want to learn from these kids. Teachers should want to learn from Mm -hmm. these kids. So what a great mentality for an EL teacher to have, is not just there's so much you need to learn from me, but there's so much I also am going to Mm -hmm. learn from you. So Pete, it was great having you here, My man. My pleasure. Yeah, it was great having you, and I appreciate your loyalty as a listener for sure. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. We would love it if you'd go on Apple and give us a review. Share this with anybody you can. But we're psyched to be back, and we'll see you again soon here on the Teacher's Cup of the world won't get no you gotta change again. Just you and me.